We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. So you own your own business. Got small ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Got medium ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Who has medium ambitions? You got big ambitions. If you're a growing business with big ambitions, you want to grow with Granger. Granger has the products, the services, and more importantly, the commitment you need. Total commitment. If you're a growing business, Granger's got your back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to RotoWire's Wednesday NBA DFS podcast. I'm Joe Bartle, and joined alongside me, as always, is Ben Miller. Ben, how are you doing today on this now snowy Wednesday, Madison Day? Yeah, I had, I had to wake up at 8 to move my car this morning, and... You didn't get a tar- uh, ticket this time. No, I, there I was go. like 45 minutes late to, to get it. It was supposed to be moved by 8. Um, jumped out there, and I was just ticked off. It's snowing. I was in sandals, so my feet were soaked by the time <laughs> I got back. That's your fault. Why I were mean, you in sandals? It was like 69 degrees like that was like five a week days ago. ago. I mean, you know where we live in. That was instantly, I retired my, my gym shoes. I retired my coat. That, that was sandals are on, sweatshirt only. That's, I mean, that's what happened. That's, you should know better. Like, I put that onus on you. That's, that's not anyone's fault but yourself. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, that, that's <laughs> on me. But I, it's, it's a rule I stick by. You know, as soon as we hit that, that big day where it's like almost 70, I, I retire everything. It's, it's mid-February when that happened what what are you expecting <laughs> it to be like balmy for the next six months no was, it's wisconsin i mean i was kind of hoping like well you can hope all you want but that doesn't mean it's going to change the weather <laughs> well hey 
okay, Mr. Sandalman, I mean, we, we could discuss this weather thing the whole time, honestly. We could get through a 50-minute podcast yeah, just this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually now just frustrated hearing that you were, you were doing this. <laughs> I think you jinxed the weather. Like, I'm, I'm putting this all on you now. That, that might be on me, yeah. But we're oh. going to move past it. I'm, I'm done with this. Um, I will. Hold on. I will say I did wear gym shoes today because we're going to the Bucks game tonight. There we go. So, hey. I did bring my Matthew Delvadova jersey along <laughs> oh, too, just okay. because we're going to that Bucks game tonight. Right, I'm right. very excited to watch some Giannis. Yeah, I'm very excited to watch some Elkin Brogdon, uh, some Jokic for the Nuggets. Yeah, I'm not really excited. I'm to watch kind of excited Nuggets. for that. That's, I guess that, I mean that's fair. I don't even know where our seats are. Do you know? Uh, not a clue. No, yeah, I'm no. I'm anticipating there not some, being the some fit. nosebleeds. Yeah, which is fine. No, like, I'm definitely okay with that. At the Bradley Center, at least the nosebleeds are. You can see a lot of the stuff from there. So yeah, I'm looking forward to paying like ten bucks for a beer. That should be fine. I'm not looking forward to that. In fact, I'm staying away from that entirely because I like my money. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> but we were going to talk a little bit earlier about uh, the injuries that have taken place over the last two days. I mean, we just talked Monday, and it feels like the entire landscape of the NBA has changed with the Kyle Lauer injury. He's going to be out until even potentially mid-playoffs. Now Kevin Durant is going to be out at least three to four weeks, and then they are reassessing his injury status. To me, that says he's out longer than that. I, I think... For yeah. Kevin Durant to be out just a month, yeah. that is beyond optimistic right now. And that came from a, a knee sprain. Um, what do you feel like – Which well, what, ask first. Which injury do you feel like is going to have a greater impact on the playoff race? I think actually the Lowry one probably does. I, the cat, or I mean the, uh, the Warriors have so much firepower that they can almost make up for anything at this point. Um, you know, It's not like Durant's going to be out. Well, he might be out for some of the playoffs. But um, I, yeah, I just feel like Lowry is more important to his team – um, at this point in time, you know, I think with the acquisition of like Serge Ibaka, PJ Tucker, and they already have DeRozan and um, who am I missing here? Well, uh, Demar Carroll, who I love, and then uh, <laughs> yeah. Valanciunas. Yeah, I mean, they have a great roster, and they with the with the Cavs not having Love or J.R. Smith, like there's there's some opportunities for some of those other East teams to kind of fight for one of those tops, even maybe the top seed. Like it's close. So I think um, Lowry's injury actually you know helps. Teams like the Cavs, the Celtics, the Wizards, you know, kind of lock up those top three spots. I think that's more um, more important for that, that side of the playoff race, in my opinion. I think this is why you saw Celtic fans get so upset that they didn't make a move when there's so much rumors about trading for Paul George or Jimmy Butler, because we never know when these type of injuries are going to happen. Right. And here we have Kyle Lowry, who I agree with you is probably a more uh, indispensable player in this situation, I mean, between Kevin yeah, Durant... Yeah, I mean, if it was Durant and, on some other team, like a, right. he'd be more important. Right. But I, I, I have a feeling, to his team. I feel like I could get flamed for this, but I really actually believe that Kyle Lowry is more indispensable to his team than yeah, Kevin Durant is to the I Warriors. Agree. We saw how successful the Warriors could be without Kevin Durant. I'm not saying that Durant's not a great player at all. That's absolutely not true. No. But I think Steph Curry takes a little bit of a bump. I think Klay Thompson actually takes a, a significant bump, and, and Draymond Green as well. Like They'll be just fine, and they're, they're getting a few more reinforcements from the buyout market, that's fine. But the Raptors, on the other hand, Kyle Lowry wasn't just their scorer. He wasn't just their assist guy. He was the heart and soul of that team. Yeah, he was yeah. the heart and soul of that city. Right. So th- that's a big injury to me. And I think that if the Celtics would have made a move to get uh, Paul George or Jimmy Butler and not had to give up, you know, all all the assets that was rumored to be given up, you could easily make a, a case that the Celtics could be a number two seed and honestly could make a push against the Cavaliers if Kevin Love or J.R. Smith miss more time than we are predicting, which yeah, is I could a real possibility. Right, right. No, I could definitely see the Celtics pushing for that one seed if they were to make 
one of those trades. I know you were you were pretty bummed out about the trade deadline there. I just felt because like nothing really happened. Yeah, yeah, it just felt like a tease. Um, like, oh, we got all these big names and nothing happens. And and I understand. Like, I'm actually fine with the Celtics keeping their picks. I'm not really a huge Celtics fan one way or another. So I think that the asset has a better chance of being um, the asset being the number one overall pick. Right. Better if we have it confirmed as opposed to the three, four, like the chance of a top number one pick. So I think they probably took the right approach, but this is exactly why Celtic fans were upset yeah. because you can't predict these injuries. And this changes the entire landscape of the East, in my mind. Yeah, no, as a basketball fan, either way for the Celtics, I think it's it's a win-win. You know, you, you get someone at the trade deadline, great, you're going you're gonna to fight for a spot in the top two seeds this year. But I think if they add like a, yeah, when, once they add that top pick of next year's draft, I think that's just going to do the same exact thing. I mean, you never know transition-wise from college to NBA, but I think if you're getting a top three guy in the draft, like he's going to make an e- immediate impact. So, um, I mean, Jalen Brown, it was it was he was the third pick yeah, too, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and he's still he's had a bit of a difference in this season too, and they've taken him along slowly. Right, and he he was pretty raw, and that was a draft that was not nearly as as deep as this one. Right. So when you got even a better talent up top, like. They they could have some extremely um, good young players next season, so I, I get that. But uh, what do you think of the Durant side of things? Is that you know does that jeopardize the Warriors top seed? No, I I don't think so. I think the Spurs are going to be cautious. That's kind of their nature. That's why they've been so successful. That's why they will continue to be successful. I don't think they feel the need to push for that number one seed. And I think the Warriors might have a little bit of a well. Bill Simmons like, likes to bring this up the uh, the, the Kim Olajuwon uh, reverse effect here, where a guy's gone. And you actually see the team improve. I think you could see that in the short term that guys like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Green, I already mentioned that, that they'll they'll improve their game a little bit more. I don't think this really affects the Warriors all that much. I'm more concerned about their postseason success if, in fact, Durant does miss more time than what is expected right now or is being talked about. That's a bigger deal in the, in the postseason race when the Western Conference is definitely the better of the two conferences again. No, yeah, I completely agree with you there. I think the Warriors will still probably finish the regular season at that one seed. But yeah, I mean, once you get playoffs, people get like teams start firing up like you're gonna get the best shot every single every single game so if they don't have Durant for that that's that's a little scary if I'm a Warriors fan well let's go ahead and move past the uh, traditional NBA stuff and let's go on to the actual pub that we're here for so that people are paying us for here we got the DFS podcast going on uh let's go ahead and break down Tuesday's slate of games and kind of the perfect lineup that Rotoware was able to suggest and put together. We had point guard Damian Lillard going against the Pistons at 8,400. Point guard Russell Westbrook going against the Jazz. The Jazz of all people at 12,000 price tag. We had Will Barton at the shooting guard going against the Bulls for 5,900. And Rodney Hood going against the Thunder at 4,100 for the two shooting guard spots. In the perfect lineup, we had Doug McDermott going against the Jazz at 3,700 and Marcus Morris going against the Trailblazers at 5,900 for the two small forward spots. And we had two of my favorite uh, power forwards, and I know at least one of your favorites, Frank Kaminsky going against the Lakers at 5,900. Julius Randle going against the Hornets at 5,900, running at the power forward spot of the perfect lineup last night. And finally, we had Marcus Gasol at the center spot going against the Suns at 8,200. Any big takeaways from you from the perfect lineup from Tuesday? I mean, it's hard not to mention Julius Randle's performance he went absolutely off 23 points 18 boards six assists three steals two blocks like 62 fan points unbelievable that's that's fantastic like this is a guy I absolutely loved in the start of the season um he was always decently cheap six thousand seven yep. or six or seven thousands but he, he was still a double double threat but he kind of fell off this whole last month so I've kind of been avoiding him a little bit there um, but yeah, it's good to see him put in a strong effort. And obviously I also got to show some love to, uh, to Frank Kaminsky, yep, Frank the Tank. Um, our guy from Madison, uh, the Badgers. I'm just going to keep 
just keep as long pumping as he's up doing the badgers. so well. Did you? And I'll ask this legitimately: Did you expect him to be this good of a pro this soon? No, no chance. I thought that at best he would be like a really good Channing Fry type of player, but he's he's more than that. I mean, he he doesn't just shoot three pointers. He can get to the rim every once in a while and make a play. I mean, he's averaging I, I want to say close to fifteen, sixteen points um, and getting plenty of rebounds too. I think that. I've been pleasantly surprised with his performance, and I'm glad to say that he didn't tank like I thought he might. <laughs> I feel like I remember for some reason I was always compared him to Brad Miller. Maybe I, Ooh. I think that's Ooh, what I. That's a that's a throwback to the past. I guess for our and generation. that's disrespectful at this point. You know, yeah. like Brad Miller on the end of his. Uh, I actually thought Sam Decker was probably going to be the better pro, but yeah, Kaminsky's played extremely well. Second double double. You know, the last three games. 43, 26, and 47 Fanduel points. So uh, he's really turning on, and uh, it's good to see that. Even with you know Zeller came back last game too, he still uh, Kaminsky was still able to have a pretty good performance. So that was good to see. I think my takeaway from the perfect lineup on Tuesday was that we actually had the return of under 4,500 players. I mean, we saw that Rodney Hood at 4,100 and Doug McDermott at 3,700 um, were able to exceed their value. We haven't really seen that when we've done these podcasts in the past. That it like feels like two or three episodes now where we have not seen a single guy lower priced. And here we have it where we have two now. And I think com- combining that with like a slew of uh, like mid-5,000, 6,000 players, we had Marcus Morris, Frank Kaminsky, and Julius Randle. They were all 5,900. That's, that's where you get to start seeing the stuff that we've been talking about where maybe we need to target mid-tier guys. This is probably one of the highest total perfect lineups I've seen just when we've been doing these podcasts and even when I prep for other days at 407.7 points. I mean, there was, there was a lot to handle. And it was really surprising to me that the Thunder Jazz matchup ended up being as fruitful as it did. Yeah, there's t- multiple players in there, McDermott and, and Russell. And Rodney Hood, if you look on the other side. Oh, yeah, too. wow, okay. I mean, that's three players. And when, and when I would have, if we would have done the podcast on Tuesday, I would have said, I'm staying away from Russell Westbrook. Jazz defense is really good. I'm staying away from Rodney Hood because I don't think he's very consistent. And boom, we had two of those guys in there. And I would never have guessed Doug McDermott would be seeing the, the kind of points that he did at least last night. So yeah, that was a big takeaway for me. Yeah, it was definitely definitely a slightly different from, you know, the, the middle tier guys. And, you know, the, with the 5,000s being the lowest prices that we've, we've noticed over the last few, um, at, least, at least the last few uh, nights here. Um, but yeah, it was it was interesting. I love seeing Westbrook in there. Um, yeah, your boy. At least validates your boy. At least validates me using him at some points. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, otherwise, a couple lower guys. Yeah, Rodney Hood, forty one hundred. Doug McDermott, thirty seven hundred. Definitely didn't see those coming. Um, so yeah, it should be. I guess McDermott's interesting specifically because he just got traded to the Thunder. So um, it should be. Yeah, it should be interesting to see what kind of role he has moving forward if he can um, kind of jump some guys in the pecking order there. Well, we'll move on to Wednesday's slate here. Uh, we've gotten a bit of a reprieve, at least Monday we did, where it was only a seven-game slate. Then we're back to the grind again. We have an 11-game slate for Wednesday. A uh, lot of different teams to choose from. And actually, for once, I feel like there are a bit of lower-priced options you can choose from as opposed to picking from the mid-tier, which we've been doing lately. So we'll go through the matchups and then kind of the injuries to take note of there, and, and we'll kind of kick it off. So Knicks Magic, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Mavericks Hawks, 7.30 Eastern Time. 76ers Heat, 7.30. Eastern Time, Wizards Raptors, 7.30 Eastern Time. It's kind of the, the early slate of games. We have the Cavs Celtics at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, Nuggets Bucks, which of course we will be attending, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, Pistons Pelicans, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, and Pacers Spurs, 8.30 Eastern Time. Rounding up the late games, we have the Timberwolves and Jazz at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, Nets and Kings, which could be an interesting matchup uh, because the Nets are really not that great defensively. Uh, and then we have the Rockets and Clippers at the last game of the night at 10.30 Eastern Time. Of notable injuries for these games, we have the 
the Knicks magic. Joakim Noah, we know he's going to be out for an extended period, potentially the rest of the season. We know at least three to four weeks of the knee injury. Uh, Willie Hernan Gomez out with the ankle injury. That means that Kyle Quinn will likely take over the starting duties at center. Maybe even see Chris Tapp's Porzingis at center. But I, I think that uh, just like we saw Corey Joseph on Monday, everyone and their mother was in on him on DFS purposes. I anticipate Kylo Quinn also being one of those guys where you see 60, 70, 80% ownership. Yeah, he's going to be a high-owned guy. He's only in the 4,000s. Um, so a guy that's going to get roughly upper 20s, 30s in minutes, and a double-double threat. Yeah, he's he's going to be definitely highly owned. On the other side of things, Aaron Gordon with the quad injury is a game-time decision. It's just a bruise, so honestly he could play, but if he doesn't, Jeff Green would get the start. Moving over to the Mavericks-Hawks game, we have Wesley Matthews, who will be out with a hip injury. That means that the Mavs will likely go uh, bigger throughout the game, but we know that Dorian Finley-Smith will be getting the start. I think Noel, uh, Nerland's Noel, it is, could see more minutes as a result of the injury, but we kind of kind of have to play it out by ear. Mike Dunleavy, again, not really a huge option for the Hawks. He will be out with an ankle injury. Um, not much of a DFS option, but got to mention him every once in a while. Kind of a smaller slate of injuries on the 76ers Heat side of things. We know Joel Embiid will be out indefinitely, probably all season. And then for the Heat, we know that Willie Reed will be out with a calf injury. Over to the Raptors and the Wizards, we have Trey Burke will be out with a personal injury. Oh, not injury, but a personal reason. And then Kyle Lowry, obviously we mentioned him a couple times. Corey Joseph is getting close to being priced appropriately at this point in my mind. He was uh, low 5,000s if I going off the yeah, memory yeah. here. So. I'm not really keen on starting Corey Joseph at least tonight, but uh, I would understand if some of people wanted to. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of backing off at this point. I don't. He's it's just not that that great of a price now. I'd rather have him low four thousands if if I'm. He's I'm definitely a guy I'll target in the right matchup, but tonight is not the right matchup no. in my mind. Moving over to the Cavaliers Celtics, we have J.R. Smith. Obviously, we know that he'll be out. He has resumed traveling with the team, so that's good. We're expecting that he'll be back soon with the thumb in, thumb injury, but it's definitely not Wednesday. And then Kevin Love, obviously, also going to be out. Darren Williams is expected to play. Um, we're, after the buyout, obviously, we're expecting him to play. Um, I don't know at what capacity. I obviously would not use him in DFS purposes, but Darren William wants to go, so I anticipate that he'll probably see the court sometime tonight. And then Gerald Green from the Celtics, he will be out with a heel injury. Again, not much of a DFS guy. Moving over to the Nuggets. Bucks matchup, we have Kenneth Fareed out uh, with a back injury. He could be back in the next 7 to 10 days after that. Uh, or I'm sorry, he'll be out for the next 7 to 10 days, but he'll be out a little bit longer than that, I anticipate at least. And that means more Wilson Chandler at the power forward spot. That could mean a big deal because Michael Beasley will be out with a knee injury. He hyperextended in that game against the Cavs. I watched it happen, and I thought, that's another tearing ACL. Like, I thought yeah. he was done for the year. So I guess only being out the next three games is a little bit of a, a nice thing to see for the Bucks fans. And then Jameer Nelson is a late uh, late mark in here. He's questionable. He's sick if he does not play, or even honestly if he does um, but a limited capacity. That means that Jamal Murray or Emmanuel Moutier could see additional minutes against Giannis, Malcolm Brogdon, and Matthew Del Vidova. Moving over to the Pistons and Pelicans, we have DeMarcus Cousins obviously out with the suspension. That means Anthony Davis is back over to the center role. We have uh, Omar Sheik out with an in- illness injury. And then Jared Jack, knee, he's game time decision. Not really a big deal either way. We have the Pacers and Spurs, just two notable injuries. I mean, honestly, one notable injury, but Al Jefferson, dental procedure. We we mentioned that on Monday. He did not end up playing. That means he's missed the last three three straight games. I could see him maybe playing tonight, but he's not a huge DFS guy anyway. However, Tony Parker is a game-time decision with that quad injury. Um, knowing the Spurs, they might just play it safe with their 34-year-old starting point guard. So that means Patty Mills 
could see an additional bump in minutes. And honestly, when Mills is playing, he's definitely a defensive guy I like to target. Yeah, I think Dehunte, Dehuante, whatever you call his last yeah, name. Yeah, that's Dehunte Murray. Um, <laughs> no, he... We had, we had that big debate the last time, you know, Mills or uh, Parker was out for for a while, but I still think yeah, you're you're right here that Mills is going to be the guy that's going to take on the bulk of the workload there. Final three injuries, uh, final three injury games to take make note of: Timberwolves and Jazz. Really not much going on. Obviously, Zach Levine, he's out for the rest of the season. We know that the Nets, Kings, Quincy AC is a game time decision with an ankle injury. He's missed the last seven games. Karis Levert is a game time decision. Um, we're expecting him to start at small forward, however, with an illness, which means that um, we're looking at other. El- People elsewhere going back to the bench. I think Joe Harris did start in his place. Garrett Temple will be out with a hamstring injury, and Aaron O'Fowl is probable to play for the Kings. I talked about that on Monday. We'd like to see where he fits into the rotation after all those trades. Um, with the hamstring injury, he missed almost a lot of time before the All Star break. So good to see him back out in the court. And finally, the Rockets Clippers. Really, only injury to note is Diamond Stone. He was when he was he was he was frankly he probably wouldn't play anyhow. So not a big deal. Ben, we ran through a lot of injuries on the 11 game slate tonight. What is a, a big injury or a big matchup that is sticking out in your mind right now? I mean, there wasn't really a specific game that I targeted here. You know, the injuries were kind of all spread out. There wasn't a bunch stacked up in one game. Um, but there's a couple situations you definitely want to look at if, if you're trying to find some of those cheaper options. I, th- I think the Tony Parker situation with the Spurs, like we mentioned, that's uh, got Patty Mills at only 3,800. Uh, so he's, he's going to take on a pretty work, big workload. Um, but you'll have to yeah mention, you, uh, monitor that one up until tip. So mm-hmm. you're not going to want to play Mills if, if Parker's there, obviously. Um, you can also look at the, uh, the Mavericks game now that Wesley Matthews has been ruled out. Uh, we briefly mentioned that above. Um, could mean some uh, extra shots for guys like Curry, um, Seth Curry and, and Yogi Ferrell. Um, but I actually think it's probably going to be even more beneficial for Nerlens Noel. So he's a guy I'd, I'd potentially even consider tossing in my lineup, even though he's, he's expected to come off the bench. Um, I think he's at the low 4,000s as well. Um, so I, yeah, that, that, that should be a decent value. We kind of mentioned this when we were going through the injuries as well. I think we'll mention him more as we get on with the podcast. Kyle Quinn, getting the start center. It really has shades of Corey Joseph on Monday. And honestly, Joseph really put up a dud performance. I was in a double up and I saw 90% ownage rate Yikes. for Corey Joseph. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, at least everyone else got the dud too. Right. So I have a feeling O'Quinn is going to have similar type of ownage rate. I still wouldn't stray away from him um, at 4700 which is his price for Wednesday's game. He is just... He's got a lot of potential. Um, he can make a lot of things work for the rest of your lineup. So that's kind of the biggest injury that I'm taking note of. Yeah, I love O'Quinn tonight's game. I mean, he's he's a guy, he's proven in the past that he can um, rack up a double double easily. So that's that's thirty Fanduel point worthy easy on you know potential wise and potentially more if you know depending on um, how much they use Chris Stapps at, at center as well. Yeah, and if that limits his minutes at all. We've been putting a lot of focus on mid-tier prices, at least in the last two or three podcasts, because I think that's what we've both felt was the most or the best way to be successful when setting up your DFS lineups. I'm not sure that's the case today. Is there is there a position, though, um, point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, that you feel has the best mid-tier options to, to build your lineup from? Yeah, I think at first it's important. I think that middle tier for me is probably between 7,000 and 5,000-ish. That's um, too big. That's so? too big of a range in my mind. No, nah, I, th- I think that's about right for me. You're cheating. Like, that's like 16 players you can pick from. True. Oh, that's just making my own job easier. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. All right. At least no. you're admitting it to everyone. Um, that's okay. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's kind of why I got guys like Paul Millsap, 7,600, Sergi Baca, 6,800. Um, this is the power forward position, by the way. So gotcha. that's kind of where I'm looking at 
uh, for decent mid- middle-tier guys. So like I said, Millsap, Ibaka, Markeith Morris, 6,600, Porzingis at 6,400, and James Johnson at 6,000. Um, you know, Porzingis, like we mentioned, could play huge minutes with, with the inj- injury situation in New York. Uh, Willie Reed for the Heat is out, so that could mean uh, some more minutes for James Johnson. Um, so he's a guy I, I definitely considered for tonight's games too. And Marquise Morris, is, he surpassed that 30 Fando point uh, in four of his last six games. So he's also a guy that can kind of go off at, um, at any given moment. So I think there's some decent middle-tier guys sitting in that power forward area. Um, so that's probably the position I'm looking at if, if I'm, I'm looking for some, some decent middle-tier options. I like the small forward spot, and I, I kind of agree with you in the power forward. There's a few that I think definitely could, and honestly, you didn't mention a few that I, I had been picking out for my lineup, so that's probably a good thing. But if I had to pick a spot that I thought, yes, mid-tier options, I'm going with the small forward spot. That's in part because I don't really feel like I want to pay up for Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James, um, who are, I think, the two highest-priced options on Wednesday's 11-game slate. So I found at least six or seven guys from 6700 price tag to 51 that I could reasonably convince myself, yes, they're going to get that. I'm only looking for about 30 to 35 FanDuel points from my small forward spot, at least in today's slate. Um, and, and I really think that there's plenty of guys that can provide that. It's more based off of minutes than matchup. I mean, we've really pinpointed a couple of different teams in past that we really wanted to focus on. In this case, I just think there's a lot of people getting a lot of minutes and when they're getting minutes, we can expect cross uh, stat production. And that's kind of what I'm thinking at. So just off, not really off the top of my head, but Otto Porter, Harrison Barnes, Marcus Morris, Jay Crowder, Chris Middleton. Those are all guys that are 6,100 to 5,100 that I really like at the small forward spot. So when we're talking about building our lineups, we've really been stressing in past podcasts, mid-tier options is the way to go. I'm not sure that's how I want to do my lineup tonight, but definitely there's, I think, a few spots, small four, power four, being that you can find some value in the mid-tier. Um, we'll move over to the would you rather part. We, we started would you rather on Monday, uh, and it's going to be kind of a similar tone. Have You have to have two of these players. So would you rather have Blake Griffin and Anthony Davis, two power forwards that are the two highest priced options at the power forward spot? Or would you rather have two small forwards, I'm sorry, two shooting guards at the highest spot, Greek Freak and James Harden? So Anthony Davis is at 11,600. Blake Griffin is at 10,000 even. Those are the two power forward options. And then Greek Freak's at 11,100 despite his dead of a performance Monday against the Cavs. And James Harden is at a whopping 12,200. So you have to pick either two power forwards or two shooting guards? Would you rather, Ben? I, th- <laughs> I think I'd rather go with uh, Giannis and uh, Harden there. I mean, they're both pretty expensive, like you said, but there's there's a ton of value in the, in, in the bottom tiers for tonight's 11-game slate. So I think it's actually pretty manageable to get those two paired up there without uh, sacrificing a, you know, a ton of uh, points elsewhere. You know, Giannis has a decent matchup with the Nuggets. Harden always has the potential to go off. You know, he's going to be in a pretty up-paced game against the Clippers. So, yeah, I, I'd definitely go with those two options over you know griffin and um anthony davis i think griffin's probably at his highest price of 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 the season maybe that that'd be my guess but um certainly after his injury right yeah certainly after his injury i mean i wish i could have put it as the two highest priced small forwards lebron james at ten thousand six hundred and Kawhi leonard at eight thousand nine hundred but i thought that was almost too easy of a of a choice because there's just such a difference yeah. in paying up for the shooting guards tonight right. and paying up for the small forwards. So the closest we could get price wise was the paying up for power forwards and paying up for shooting guards. I agree with you. I honestly don't even think it's that big of a decision or hard of a decision. I think that Giannis is a great matchup, like you said, against the Nuggets. Um, we're going to be there, so he's definitely going to do well then too. Well, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and like I think even the biggest part, James Harden 
at 12200 really isn't that big of a deal for me. And listeners of the show know I hate paying up for him <laughs> and Russell Westbrook. Like, I, this is probably the first time that I will be doing so, it feels like. But the, you, the Clippers are going to be scoring, and you know the Rockets are going to be scoring. That's going to be a high-paced game. Yeah, and whether it's three-pointers, assists, yeah. even rebounds, I think that both Harden and Chris Paul are going to see a lot of different cross-category production. I love starting Harden tonight almost more than I love Giannis. And it was really tough for me to suggest Giannis because we were so high on him Monday and he got less than 30 fanual points. This is an absolute bummer for me. Uh, I really hope that he rebounds against the Nuggets. I, I think that shooting guard is the way to go if you're paying up for both of those spots. Yeah, and if you look at the over-under for for that Houston game, it's actually 232, so it's extremely wow. <laughs> high. Um, most of the other games are sitting at like 214, uh, 215, and some in the low 200. So that's that's far and away the, the highest over-under, which usually means more statistics available all around. Well, I have to agree with you. And honestly, uh, a little bit of foreshadowing, the optimizer agrees with us as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Before we really get into the Rotoway Optimizer first, let's go ahead and talk with our sponsors. Baseball is just around the corner. Don't get stranded on first base without a Rotowire subscription. And don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Go to FanDuel.com slash Rotowire to claim the prize. Must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible. Users may only establish one account on FanDuel. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash Rotowire to get the prize. And then, Ben, we discussed on Monday pristine auctions, pristine being P-R-I-S, T-I-N-E, Pristine Auctions. Uh, I am just in love with their site right now. I'm really excited to be partnered with them. Um, we talked about a few of the items that we really liked on Monday. And I'm not going to lie, Ben, I did end up getting the David Uh-oh. Johnson jersey that okay. I suggested. That's awesome. Under $100. That's that's ridiculous. Under under $100. I was like, I, I couldn't believe that. I had been eyeing up a few other David Johnson items right. um, from other sites. And under $100 was not even near that considering how talented a running back he is i love that price and it was all because of pristine auctions yeah you can't get a you can't really get a better deal than that at, at anywhere else and the thing is that you get that um the the guarantee there too so it's not like um you're getting some fake off-brand product absolutely so that's that's great to see is there anything else you know that you've been looking at or is that well i definitely clicked through today and i've been really searching through the daily function of it as opposed to the weekly ads um just off the top of my head really it was joey bosa and ezekiel elliott i'm not even a huge ohio state fan but um both of their items which are autographed i think one was a helmet one was a jersey they were right around that hundred dollar price tag for rookie of the year items that's fantastic um for rookie of the year players i should say and pristine's is making it really easy for you can just go ahead and bid um you don't have to even pay for anything until you win for the item and i can speak for experience that's exactly what happened when i was bidding on the david johnson item so it it really is a fast and efficient way to do it you mentioned the certificate of authenticity i love that about pristine that they are guaranteeing you that and honestly if you want to get your item framed they have that option for you too so it's it's really uh best of all situations with pristine auctions you can even get text or email alerts sent to you when you have been overbid on your item um and that was great when i was in the bidding war for david johnson so <laughs> I've already taken advantage of Pristine Auctions. I think you should too. Go to Pristine, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, auctions to go ahead and find some of your favorite items right now. All right, let's go ahead and get to the Rotowire Optimizer page. Um, Rotowire uh, suggesting for the Wednesday 11-game slate, Derek Rose at the point guard spot going against the Magic. 
6,300. Reggie Jackson, another point guard, going against the Pelicans at 5,300. We have the Greek Freak. Obviously, I was alluding to it a little bit before that read, uh, going against the Nuggets at 11,100. I think the optimizer just knows that we're going to that game. So it's an automatic guarantee that he's playing. Evan Fournier, uh, the other shooting guard option on the Rotary Optimizer lineup, going against the Knicks at 5,300 for his price tag. We have Carmelo Anthony going against the Magic at 8,100. And Jalen Brown going against the Cavs at 3,800 as your two small forwards for the Rotowire Optimizer lineup. We have Blake Griffin going against the Rockets, who you mentioned a little bit, at 10,000, his price tag. And Willie Cauley-Stein going against the Nets at 5,400 for his price tag. That's the power forward spots on the Rotowire Optimizer lineup. And finally, the Magic Man, Kylo Quinn, going against the Magic at 4700 for his price tag. Again, I really believe that he'll be seeing 60 70% owners rate. Honestly, you could go with any other center, and that might be more of a, a contrarian play, at least for tonight's slate. Breaking down all of that, Ben, what do you think uh, is the strategy for this, and do you like it, do you not? Give me your thoughts on the Royal Air Optimizer. I, I can definitely get behind this lineup. I think Giannis, like we, we mentioned a couple times already, you know, he's got a really good matchup against, against Denver, um, so I think that's one of the better... You know, guys, you're paying up for uh, on this night. Um, I think Mello's price is actually pretty decent as well. He's only 8100. That's that's down a, a little bit from what he was before, and he's got a pretty pretty good matchup against the Magic. So I, I'm I'm on board with that. You know, paying up for him as well. I I almost always avoid Rose. You know, Derek Rose. So he's a guy that's burned me multiple times in the past. So I'm probably steering uh, steering away from him uh, myself here. Um, but I I think it does pick up one of the best and most obvious value plays. Um, of the night with with O'Quinn so I do like it, it that it's pulled that out and um, I'm actually somewhat interested in the Willie Cauley-Stein one um, no I am I'm, too I'm not enough not willing enough to, to gamble and put him in my lineup but there's definitely definitely some interest there for me if I do create multiple lineups tonight I might I might try and use them elsewhere I I actually try to take Cauley-Stein out of my lineup I try to make <laughs> it work and it and it just didn't um, and we'll get to that in a, just a little bit um, but I like Cauley-Stein in there He's so erratic, um, and we still don't really have a defined what's his role with DeMarcus Cousins out, but honestly, the Kings would be best off trying to get him more minutes, whether they're pushing for the playoffs or they're trying to punt. I don't really care. I think Cauley Stein needs to see more playing time. Now, whether the Kings see that or not, that remains to be seen, and ultimately, that's what matters when it comes to DFS purposes, but for 5,400, I like that as a, a mid-tier power forward option, which you thought was kind of one of the deeper mid-tier options available. Yeah, yeah. I liked the optimizer lineup almost than I liked my own. Um, <laughs> I, I made a few changes afterwards, and now I feel a little more comfortable with my lineup, but I think it hits a lot of really nice things. Um, you mentioned Derek Rose. Again, I'm also staying away. I've never really been a fan of him. Right. Um, but I, I can understand where the optimizer is coming from. That's a pretty cushy matchup against the Magic. Same goes for Reggie Jackson against the Pelicans. They've really not been great defending point guards. We've kind of stressed that over with the defense positioning tool on Rotowire. Um, at 5,300, I understand why you're going that route. I like Greek Freak as the highest-priced option to roll. And obviously, it focuses on Kyle Quinn. And Blake Griffin, who I think, honestly, if I was to pick the second highest priced option to use, Blake Griffin's the guy I would go with. So it really was able to find a good mix uh, of solid mid-tier prices and high-priced guys, and even Carmelo Anthony at 8,100. That's a steal. I wish I could have got him in my lap. I yeah, just yeah. couldn't make it work. So I love the optimizer lineup, uh, and I'm kind of excited to hear how we've been able to build off this. So, Ben, go ahead and give me your point guard options for Wednesday's 11-game slate. Yeah, so I'm actually going with Reggie Jackson and uh, Patty Mills. You know, Jackson, we just mentioned him. He was in the, the optimizer. Going up against the Pelicans, on the season average, the third highest points given up to point guards and second most over the last five games. So, you know, just 5,300, I think he could be one of the steals at point guard. 
you know, his last three games, he's had 15, 29, and 9 FanDuel points. So I get that there's, you know, some serious inconsistency issues there. But when he's got this good of a matchup and, you know, that price is so low in the low 5,000s, I, I think he'll be able to have one of those, you know, games closer to the 30s than some of his, his recent weaker showings. So I, I really like that play tonight. Um, and then Patty Mills, that pick, we mentioned it a couple times, probably don't need to get too too far into it. But um, it's obviously based on whether or not Tony Parker plays. Um, if he does, if Parker does sit out, you know, Mills is going to get the bulk in the minutes there, maybe upper 20s, low 30s, which is great if you're if you're paying for a guy that's only 3,800. If Mills doesn't play, and we had this problem on Monday where we were both suggesting D- Jalen Brown, and he ended up not uh, starting because we had Avery Bradley come in. Now, Brown ended up doing pretty well, so it would have been a moot point. But if Mills doesn't start, is there somebody, like, where would you be fixing your lineup? Don't give me the names necessarily, but is there a position that you are going to be taking less money to account for that, or are you still going to look for another cheap point guard option? I, I might still try and check around on the point guards. You know, there's with uh, if, if Jameer, uh, Jameer Nelson ends up sitting up, mm-hmm. I might gamble on a guy like Jamal Murray or maybe Moutier. Pro- probably a gamble more towards Murray. Um, he's only 35, and then I could even, you know, um, bump up some prices elsewhere. Uh, I, I'd still probably stick around. Um, I'm not going to change my center. Pretty locked in with yep. Joe Quinn. Yeah, same here. Um, power forward, maybe. Um, but other, yeah, I think I'm still going to try and try and get one of those cheaper point guards if, if Mills does sit out. Well, the reason I ask is because I also have Patty Mills in my lineup again going against the Pacers. That's still a pretty good matchup. So if like Parker would be probably taking advantage of that too. Yeah. The Pacers have not been very good defending point guards in the last five games. I think in fact, they're top five in most points allowed Fandle points wise in the last five games. I think Patty Mills is a fantastic option if Parker's gone, but I am very concerned that the Spurs might just do something that we don't expect at all and play Parker right. with that quad injury. So if that's the case, I'm probably taking a little bit of money off my shooting guard spot. Um, but my other, before we get there, we have the other point guard option. I'm going with Malcolm Brogdon against the Nuggets. Again, uh, it is kind of fun to suggest players when you are going to actually see the game itself. <laughs> and I will admit that that's kind of weighing into it. There's, there's plenty of point guards around that 5,000 price tag that are good. But I think that Malcolm Brogdon against the Nuggets has a really good chance to go ahead and exceed what he's been doing. I think he's gotten over uh, 25 Fandle points in, in two of the last three games, and he's honestly was the only good player in that uh, Cavs-Bucks game on Monday. He scored over tw- uh, he scored 20 points just in general. So I like Brogdon there. Um, even though Della Vadova is getting a little more of the minutes, I think that Brogdon as a whole will be able to do more with it, leading that second unit. I think Michael Beasley out also hurts that second unit, which means we need to see somebody scored. I think that might be Brogdon. Kind of a bit of a gamble, I'm not going to lie. Um, but that's where I feel comfortable with most of the point guard spot. Yeah, it looks like his minutes the last two games were 31 and 24. So there's definitely a bit of a difference there. And it's, it's you know, I think his value could could change depending on whether he gets that full 30-minute load or or less. But, you know, like you said, over 20, 27 and 31 Fanduel yeah. points in the last two games. So um, that's decent. He's getting assists and he's, he's scoring. So as long as he can keep scoring, I think specifically he, his value should stay pretty, pretty solid. I'm trying to catch them as they're rising up. And I'm not sure Brogdon is really going to be rising up. I don't think he's going to be stagnating or going down. So if he's putting up this kind of consistency numbers that we're looking at where you just talked about 27 and 30, I feel, I feel good about that. I feel good about playing him. Who do you have at shooting guard, Ben? Yeah, for shooting guard, I'm going with James Harden. Uh, we talked about him a lot above, and, and actually yeah. JJ Redick. Um, I won't go too far in Harden. You know, it's, recently we've been trying to you know go into avoiding those top tier guys, right. but um, there's so much value elsewhere in, in tonight's slate that I, I think there's plenty of room to get a guy like Harden in there. Um, he's had 50 or more Fanduel points in seven of the last nine games, so 
Um, he's obviously one of the most consistent guys out there. Um, and then with Redick, you know, he's one of the more riskier plays um, for me because his value usually lies solely in his scoring. Doesn't really do too much cross-category wise. Um, but the Clippers are matched up with the Rockets. So these guys are going to be launching back and forth, back and forth. Um, so I think that that should give Reddick some, op- some some decent opportunities to put up the points um, that he's needed. And he's only 4,400, so I, that's pretty darn cheap. Let the record show that Ben did want to start what is going to be my shooting guard option. So I have Greek Freak going against the Nuggets at 11,100 and James Harden, 12,200 going against the Clippers. Uh, ben, I know we had talked about that yeah. early in the podcast that I beat you to the punch from putting together a lineup. So <laughs> we don't sure. want, we tried not to have the same stuff all the time yeah. uh, and you would have played this as well. So I, when I was looking at the shooting guard options, Reddick was one of the guys that came to my mind, but honestly that it just is a tough spot. There's not a lot of value at that shooting guard spot. So I felt that actually paying up for both of those guys was the best case scenario. While I think Giannis will do well and I think James Harden would do well, I would have liked to not pay up for them, but I just didn't feel like there was anybody that was going to put up the same type of production and consistency when I'm looking forward to it. So that's where I went with my shooting guard spot. And honestly, if Patty Mills uh, doesn't, in fact, end up starting, I'm probably going to be knocking Harden down and going with somebody else like Dion Waiters, despite me not liking that as much. And then I might even find Blake Griffin into my lineup because of that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think right now there's just a dearth of actually good shooting guards available, at least on this 11-game slate. So I'm going with the two highest-priced guys for my lineup. Yeah, I think that's valid. Like I said, there's so many cheap options that uh, when you can grab two guys in the in the upper 10, 11,000s, 12,000s, um, and two of the best matchups, actually, of the, that, that top-tier group. So I think, I think that's a valid play in tonight's games. Talking about other cheap options, at, at small forward, I'm rolling with Harrison Barnes at 6,100 going against the Hawks. I love this as kind of a sneaky matchup. Barnes is one of those guys that just always seems to score and not do much else. But you know what? The Hawks allow a lot of scoring to small forwards. In fact, they're, I think, one of the top five uh, most Fandle points allowed um, in the last five or ten games. So I, I really think Harrison Barnes is, is going to be one of those guys that he's getting all the points for the Mavericks. And you were talking about Nerlens Noel kind of getting more minutes. Well, I think Barnes is going to be able to capitalize it on the scoring, and maybe Noel gets it on the rebounding. I'm not positive on that, but Barnes is definitely my option at 6,100. I think that's fantastic price at small forward given that I don't want to pay up for Leonard or James. And then my other small forward option is my buddy heel lock of the night. I love Terrence Ross going against the magic. I'm sorry. I love Terrence Ross with the magic, obviously at 4,400. Um, Ross is one of those guys that's done really well since the trade. I think he's gotten over 25 Fandle points in, in the last two or three games that he's played um, at 4,400. That's a steal at his price tag. And again, I don't have to pay up for Leonard or LeBron, which frees me to be able to go after guys like Giannis and go after James Harden. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Barnes. Uh, he's burned me a couple times in the past. I think, like you said, he's he's so based on scoring that sometimes that, that kind of hurts you. And he's at 6,100. So, I mean, that's not cheap, cheap. But I, I do, I agree. Terrence Ross is probably one of my favorite plays tonight unfortunately i kind of paid up at the position so i didn't have room to to get him in my lineup but yeah i think ross is an excellent choice only 4400 uh this guy saw 35 33 minutes in the last two games 37 and 25 Fanduel points like this guy this guy's fitting in great with his new team i love the play he's so cheap he like, needs to be in the five thousands at least, right? I would, like this I would is, think so. Yeah, they've been so good, and I'll, I'll say good in a bad way because uh, it take, makes it harder for our job. But they've been so good at adjusting the prices for when people are injured. How have they not adjusted the price to to fit this accordingly? Right, and it's not like it's a daunting matchup against the Knicks either. Like he's he's got a good look here. We um, saw DeRozan rise sixteen hundred or six yeah sixteen hundred dollars from his Monday game 
when Kyle Lowry was not officially out to now where he's now 10,200. I have no idea how we don't have Terrence Ross at least in the 5,000. Yeah, they're, they're definitely slow on the punch with him. And I, I, I do agree. He's probably one of the best plays just to sneak in there um, as one of your cheaper value guys. Well, you were alluding to not playing, obviously, uh, Ross. And who are you going with at small forward? So I'm going with LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony. Um, LeBron, uh, he's he's one of my big guys. He's played fairly, fairly well against Boston this season, 49 and 56 Fandle points in their, in their last two meetings. Um, so he's had some good success there. I, I, I like his matchup. I think there's, you know, because I'm not using the uh, the Greek freak, uh, I, he was one of the other top-tier guys that I, I was comfortable playing. And I think I think he can play pretty well against, you know, a team that's in the top three in the East. So this is, this is almost like a... Um, almost like a playoff matchup. So I think, yeah, Le- I think LeBron will take that into consideration and kind of put it all out there. And then with Anthony, like I said, 8,100. So I think that's extremely cheap for him. Um, I think in the last few games here, he was upwards of, let's see, 85, 86. So he's down about $400, uh, which, which is great for me. He's going to score. Um, especially, you know, it should be interesting with, you know, no Noah, no, no Hernan Gomez. I, I assume... Anthony's just going to start chucking right. nonstop. It's going to be him in the Porzingis show. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of my, my thoughts on, on on Anthony, and I just think his price is good for me. We like all the same people. We we're just going on a different strategy because I agree. I think I, I, I wanted to stay away from LeBron. I, I didn't feel comfortable with that against the Celtics. So I think we'll be equally motivated to prove LeBron wrong wrong and kind of do a a playoff game matchup, so to speak. Yeah, I love the Carmelo Anthony play at eighty one hundred. I think that's fantastic value. Um, if you're saying that he's not going to get forty Fanduel points against the Magic, I'm I'm a little surprised by that, honestly. So <laughs> if that's five times your value. Yeah, I think Anthony yeah. is definitely the guy to go. And even looking at your at your power forward options, which you can go ahead and break down a little bit, I love those guys too. If it wasn't for Terrence Ross, this is probably how my power forward spot would look too. So uh, it seems like we're kind of all on the same page with this right now. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, we're pretty similar. Who do you have at power forward here? I'm, I'm going Porzingis. I just mentioned he's he's going to get a ton of minutes. Yep. No Noah, no Hernan Govitz. Just mentioned that already. But um, he could get time at center, some power forward. Like he, he's going to be in the 30s for minutes, mid to upper, in my opinion. But um, I think that's going to be great value. He's only 6,400. I mean, this is also a guy that was uh, in the upper 7,000s at one point this season, I think. Um, so that's great value there. And then I'm also going with Rashawn Holmes. I love that play. I do. I love that play. Um, I, I honestly, against the Heat at forty five hundred, I think that's a great value. I was talking with DJ before, who's really been on his train even before Holmes has started picking up DFS wise. Yeah, that he's one of those guys that you never want to really build a team around, but man, you could build a real good fantasy team around because <laughs> he gives you a lot of different assets elsewhere um, that you're not anticipating. At forty five hundred, yeah, no Embiid. Okafor is the only really guy in front of him, and and he only plays offense, not right. a defensive guy. And the, yeah, they've been relying on um, Holmes for a lot of minutes. Twenty eight minutes uh, their last game, twenty six a couple games back. You know, he's had multiple thirty point Fanduel games in the last in the last three last week or so, I should mm-hmm. say. Um, so I think it's a great play. Like you, yeah, like you said, forty five hundred man, that's cheap. I love. Um, it. I love that play. I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for the guys that I had, I, we talked about Willie Cauley-Stein at 5,400 against the Nets. I'm a little worried about him, to be honest, but I would rather have that than uh, Rashawn Holmes only because I feel like Cauley-Stein has the greater ceiling, um, whereas they're kind of close to the same floor. And then my other power forward option, which we're going to have to start honestly making this like a new, we have the buddy healed lock of the night. We probably should just have the Serge Ibaka lock of the night for those <laughs> mid tier guys at 6,800 uh, power forward option. I love what he's been able to provide to the Raptors. I think with um, Kyle Lowry out that 
Baca's going to have to take on more of a role, maybe shooting three-pointers wise, even being a bit more of a facilitator, which I think is one of his underrated aspects as a basketball player. More importantly, though, the uh, Hawks, their opponent, allowed the most fan duel points to power forwards in the last five games at a whopping 49.1. I think Abaka's not going to hit that. Uh, I'd be pretty surprised, but if he doesn't get 40, I'd be a little shocked too. So Abaka kind of ends up being a really good option for me at power forward. I think you're right that his, his scoring could bump up with, with no Lowry. Um, I'm, I'm a little worried his, his price jumped $1,000 in, in two days. So that that that's a little... I mean, how that, has Terrence Ross not jumped up? Like this is what this is all I keep here. We keep talking about how they've really done a good job of balancing these out. Yet we have Terrence Ross who's getting thirty minutes a night and is forty four hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. They they definitely flipped Ibaka's numbers <laughs> up extremely quick. Uh, that that kind kind of has me staying away a little bit there. But I, I do think you're he's got a, he's got a very good matchup. Right. So that's. That's always understandable to key in on that. Yeah. And rounding out our lineups, and I anticipate everyone's in America who plays DFS, Kyle O'Quinn yep. going against the Magic at 4,700. We've talked uh, ad nauseum about this. I love O'Quinn. I think even if Chris Tapps does play some of the five, O'Quinn's got to get at least 30 minutes a night, and I'm expecting him to get a double-double, frankly. I yeah, would be very too. disappointed if he didn't. So. No, he'll, I think he'll double-double for sure. I think we're looking at like a 30 Fando point night, if not even more. Like this, I think he's going to get a ton of playing time. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so careful saying this because we just saw what happened when we were all suggesting Corey Joseph on Monday, and right. then he ended up flaming out. I I really think that O'Quinn's different situation. Knicks need somebody to get the rebounding, uh, and honestly, the second-chance points alone might be able to get Quinn in that double double territory. Yeah, I think Quinn's a little more. Um, he's proven more in the past than than Corey Joseph has that he can he can put up those numbers. So I think he's had more previous success when working with the with starters than than Joseph. So I, th- I think you're right where it's a little bit of a different situation there. Well, that does it for us in the Wednesday NBA DFS podcast. We'll be back again next Monday to discuss more DFS action. Uh, Ben, before we head off, where can the people find you at on Twitter? Give me at BenManDoingWork. Still the best Twitter handle at Rotowire. Not just NBA guys, but at (laughs) Rotowire, period. And then you can follow me at JBFantasySports.com. Again, we'll be back Monday to discuss more DFS action. Tune in then. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.